one thing that I'm learning about myself is that I need a Sabbath. Yeah. I really need it. But only one, right? Yeah, it's weird. It's like the Bible was actually right. Yeah. Six days and then rest. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think some people are different. Um, Angela's different. Um, and I don't know if you're different or not, but I function best on one day of nothing and then six full days. That seems to be optimal. Yeah. And I've just discovered that recently. That's huh. a new thing. Um, do you not do anything on your Sabbath? Like it's, I try not to, I mean, I recorded some earlier in here. Yeah. That's why the guitar is in here and we're doing this, but yeah, this isn't work. But other than that. This is fun. Yeah. So I, I try and have like a Sabbath day. I don't, I, I guess I don't consciously think about it as a, like the word Sabbath, but I try and like relax at least one day a week, but it, it winds up winds up not not ever really happening i mean sometimes it does but it's not consistent what's it going to look like now with your new schedule well or is it too early to tell um i mean i just i would only be working monday through friday um but like farm work has to get done on saturdays and then sundays are very unrestful we're typically not resting on Sundays, which, so, yeah, I mean, it, it would be good if I could try and, like, settle down and get a, get a rest day once a week. I think that would be good for both Reagan and, and I. And then, even if we're not doing farm work, we're usually going up to Nashville. I typically work till I drop. That's kind of, like, the way that my life winds up being, which means, which which is why I'm saying I need to, like, settle down and have a... Sabbath day or whatever, yeah but. yeah well I, I wouldn't say that I found the perfect balance yet but I'm trying yeah trying to get closer to it yeah um I mean we've talked about this on a previous episode I'm trying to figure out how much I can handle like how many uh how many different plates can I juggle yeah in different domains and can I succeed in all of them at the same time yeah and it's it's an ongoing I guess Journey. experiment yeah yeah yeah, I'm I'm doing a similar thing where they've asked me to. Um, so I'm a teacher, and then they've also brand new found out yesterday that I'm teaching a whole other class on the ACT during what's called Tomcat time. Tomcat time. Mm-hmm. Tomcat time. <laughs> okay. Tomcat time is a very special time of the day where uh, now I teach ACT. <laughs> um, it's like a 45 minute interperiod. Like it's not a block. Like we're on a block schedule, so we have four blocks, four periods, and then in the middle of that somewhere. And I'm still trying to get used to this schedule. There's a period called Tomcat time, and I think they use it for like some students need like help with basic things like reading or I think they call it intervention or something like that. But uh, so like some students go to that and then juniors will all be going to ACT training. Okay. So I'll be doing that. Uh, so yeah, I don't know where I was going. To, uh, yeah. So what at, would that time have normally uh, been spent doing? Uh, planning for me, uh-huh. putting more lesson plans together and figuring stuff out. So not having that's going to be a, a more, I'm mean, also going to have to prepare for the ACT 
lesson plans. And then they also asked me to be the soccer coach. Whoa. Uh, that could be fun. Yeah, but I turned it down. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I don't, I know I can't juggle that plate and do it successfully. Yeah. So, like, well, this is also year one. I mean, you yeah. can you can calibrate it over yeah. time. Yeah, I would love to be the soccer coach. That would be just fantastic. I love sports <laughs> and I love pushing myself physically. So, like, that would yeah. give me tons of satisfaction and uh, and uh, what do you call it? fulfillment do you think it would scratch your sports itch yeah 100 percent. even though you wouldn't be the one actually kicking the soccer ball yeah it would i'd okay. kick it enough i <laughs> <laughs> show them how it's done <laughs> yeah uh yeah it would certainly do that i think uh and i've talked to you about um like my greatest form of worship is like playing sports like sports that i am I feel comfortable playing and that I'm doing well at and I'm pushing myself to the limit using your body. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like this sort of weird uh everything all parts of my body just sort of screams happy and fulfilled and um yeah, I mean I don't really know exactly what worship is, but that seems like the closest thing. Well, you've really connected with playing the drums during yeah you know, Sunday morning worship. Yeah. And that's cool because that, it's hand-eye coordination. Yeah. It's the same skills that yeah go hand-in-hand hand with sports. Yeah, you have to sort of, I mean, it's not the same to play sports. You don't really keep a rhythm, but there's always a rhythm to the, to the game that you sort of have to tap into. Yeah, and it's constant <clears throat> movement. Some would say my playing the drums is a, is a sport on its own. <laughs> Try what, trying to keep up with yourself or what? Well, like, I just play them vigorously oh okay so that's like that's like a sport on it make a joyful noise right Right. (laughs) i actually recently had a an addition to the epiphany of personal responsibility um I think it was actually this past Sunday. Uh, so, well, I guess maybe I should maybe I should just start by talking about where my personal responsibility came from. And, I mean, I don't mind saying that, like, <clears throat> most of my life I've not had it. Uh, it was not something that came easily to me. Uh, I was I always put the pro in procrastination. Um, and I mean, in everything. So like I was a pretty good student in high school, uh, and then still an okay student in college. But like it was, I was only that because I knew when to, when I could slack off and when I could, and when I had to sort of study a little harder and it was only, and I happened to be pretty good at taking tests. So like, I, like I didn't put my mind to it and I wasn't, taking responsibility for my education yeah um or soccer well i played soccer my whole life growing up and i and the same thing there like i didn't put personal responsibility that work into it that i could have i was just pretty good like and i was content with pretty good um and so went through high school like that uh and then went through college uh and then near the end of college like 
it all just kind of nearly fell apart. Um, yeah, it, I was not liking enjoying the subject that I was studying biology. Um, and <clears throat> I was just, and I still was just procrastinating at everything. And, um, but then eventually got married, uh, got married in college. And then eventually through that marriage and sort of, um, becoming more of a man and knowing what that meant as a husband. Uh, I mean, this, we're talking like two years in to our marriage. So w- this is, this is something that's come up in my life probably within the last year and a half. So I'm still pretty new to personal responsibility. I mean, I didn't know a single thing about it before that. So, um, but it, it has become a huge part of my life where like I've wanted to, um, accept responsibility for all areas of my life or as many areas of my life that I, that I can right now. Yeah. Um, so that would involve, you know, working on at, at work. I mean, one of the biggest things that I, that the, one of the biggest ways that I learned personal responsibility was being at this job where there was nobody watching me. I had no supervisor. I was there working second shift. Um, at an, in an office job and I was in a little small office. I was a, I was the manager at a temp agency. So, and I was there on second shift. So there was, so there's no one there with me. And for a long time I would like, I not only had, there was like a few responsibilities that I had to do every night. Like, and those were like set in stone. I had to do those. And then there were like a few, and then there were other responsibilities that I could do if I wanted to. Um, if I like took the responsibility to do them, you know, sort of an add on, do the best that you can in your job kind of thing. And for a long time, I, I would just always, I would like surf the internet, like do random crap, just not, not doing my job until like the very, you know, I knew I could, I got it down, nailed down to where like I knew the few paperwork responsibilities that I had to do I could get done in an hour like 30 minutes or whatever the time was and so I just throw them in at the very last bit of my shift and then call it a day and I would always go home feeling like uh I wasn't doing a good job um and I would you know try to make excuses and that sort of thing uh and then there was a point at which I started to take the responsibility to do more at my job and like put more intentional effort into my paperwork, you know, do the added extra stuff that I could do if I wanted to. And, but that was after like a year and a half of like failures and failures and failures and failures of not taking personal responsibility. But then when I started to take personal responsibility, all of a sudden I started to enjoy my job. I actually didn't mind going in to do this office job. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of my journey. Yeah. Um, and I've sort of applied that to everything in my life, past the job. It, I've included it in marriage and raising Julian and everything else. So, so here's one way that I've been thinking about it. Um, there are always things that you can't control. In my life, there are things that I can't control. Um, but then there are also always things that I can. Mm-hmm. And... <clears throat> like you until recently i i think I, I i have the tendency to just focus on the things that i can't control okay but 
it's way more fulfilling to do to focus on the other side okay um what are examples of that well uh, we've talked before about exercise um i cannot control my genetics you know i'm i'm not predisposed to be good at exercise mm-hmm. um but um i ran a marathon and that was because one i i wanted to 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 prove to myself that i could mm-hmm. but also i was looking for ways to to take control of that area of my life in a way that i had not before mm-hmm. and it's been a constant fluctuation like sometimes sometimes i'm doing really good with exercise and sometimes not so much right now i'm in a period where i'm trying to find motivation again um but I understand that there is a part of the equation that I can't control. Mm-hmm. And it involves carving out time, getting out there and sweating. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a pretty simple equation. Um, the key is just to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nothing that's fulfilling comes without work, I don't think. Yeah. I mean... I took a lot of art classes and um one thing that I I took from my professor's story was like he, well first of all my professor is like probably the most fulfilled person I know. I mean, he wakes okay. up every day happy to be where he is, happy to be making art. Um but like he was not always good at it and he didn't always succeed and he had a lot of failures and none and none of it came easy to him. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he was like, like nothing was handed to him in terms of art. He, and, but, but because he worked for that, um, and he stuck it out and <clears throat> all that jazz, it's, it's fulfilling to the utmost degree. Yeah. And we don't have that right right now. Um, you know, we, we're still both kind of working jobs that um, are not your typical, like, I can't wait to do this job kind of thing. Um, but we get to see it in, in smaller areas, you yeah. know, like, yeah. like you have a better marriage when you work for it. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I like... That's a good example. Carving out time to spend with just Reagan and sit down with her is immensely difficult. Uh and I'm, and I like, and sometimes when we haven't done it in a while, I feel kind of nervous about it. Cause I'm like, I don't really know what to talk about with her. She almost feels kind of strange, but, yeah. um, but like when you, when you, and the, but like almost every time that we've taken the time to sit on the couch, put Julian to sleep and spend time together, like at some point the ball starts to roll. We start to get more acquainted with each other again and we start to. And, and like, I'll, I'll tell, I've told her this before, like, man, I forget how much fun you are to hang out with, you know, like, but, and I would have only recognized that if we had made the effort and to put the work in to, to do that. Um, cause there's a lot of other things that we could be doing. So that's another great example. I think Yeah. it all just takes a lot of work. When I started, uh, the job that I'm working now, one of my coworkers told me that the job is what you make it. 
And I think that applies to just about everything. Everything. Yeah. Somebody told me that when I started to be an RA. He said, uh, being an RA, you make it. Like, it is what you make it to be. Yeah. And let me tell you, I did not listen to that advice. I was I was not a good RA. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but nevertheless, like, I've learned that, you know, here in the, in the past year and a half. So. Well, I mean, again, that, that doesn't mean that they're, that you can control everything. It doesn't mean that like, uh, we all are victims in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't have to focus on that. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the, that's been the big thing for me. Um, and when I think about w- what does it mean to take responsibility? That's what I hear. It's that choice. Which, which side am I going to focus on? Mm the the victim side or the whatever not victim is what yeah. would that word be i don't know champion champion <laughs> there we go that's a positive word for yeah. you yeah yeah and it's 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 surprising to me what can happen if i am, in, am intentional like i i can actually accomplish a surprising amount when i first started training for a marathon i wasn't sure if i could do it Mm-hmm. Um, it was so outside my realm of experience. I didn't know, first of all, I didn't know many people who had done it. Um, it's, I just didn't grow up hanging around athletic people. And also it, you know, I was the first in my family to do that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So it was, it was daunting. Um, and to map out the schedule and, you know, you're going to run this many miles this day, you're going to rest on this day. And, uh, that there was something about actually writing it out and seeing it. And then once I actually started doing the small runs, the little incremental changes, mm-hmm. I started to think, Oh, maybe this is possible. Yeah. Um, and then I did it. Yeah. Um, and it was an amazing feeling when it was over. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a, that's kind of a parable that I now apply to as much as I can. Yeah. What I was taught, what I was alluding to at the very beginning when we started talking about this, this new addition that I've sort of attached onto this philosophy, <clears throat> because it is a philosophy. On Sunday, uh, we talked. Uh, well, the sermon was about I don't remember the passage. I think it was Colossians when Paul or whoever it is wrote, "Don't attribute yourself to the philosophies of the world because they're vain and empty," mm-hmm. and. I realized that like I had attached this philosophy of <clears throat> personal responsibility as sort of like I mean he it was kind of like my Jesus in a sense like it was it was like I mean not not that I would like worship it or whatever but I certainly like thought about that and still do think about that before I think about like um like I would put my faith in that before I put my faith in Christ. But like at some point, personal responsibility is going to fail. Like, I mean, yeah. at some yeah. point, you know, you're not going to get up and run or you're not going to, you know, you're, you're not going to carve out time for your wife or whatever it is. So it was good for me to hear like <clears throat> that I need to hold that at a certain distance from myself because it can easily personal responsibility, just like everything can be dangerous if there's too much of it. Um, and there are some things that we're not responsible for. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's interesting that you're, when you think about personal responsibility, what you think about is choosing to take control of what you can and, and instead of focusing on what you can't take control of. Because I'd never thought about that. Um, there yeah. may be better ways to think about it, but that's all I've got so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to, what, one area that I'm trying to figure out how to apply it is in the area of politics. Um, I don't think we've talked about politics until now. I think on, this is the first time. On this podcast. And that's been somewhat intentional for mm-hmm. me because it overtakes any room that it enters. Like, yeah. if you if you mention a political... I, you know what? I take that back. We did cover it briefly with Patrick. We yeah. talked a little bit about politics with him. Yeah. Um, but it, it tends to dominate whatever conversation it enters. Yeah. Um, but that said, I'm trying to figure out what role politics has in my life. Um, I enjoy reading about it and I enjoy learning about it. And I still have, I think, a lot of growing to do in that area of understanding what's going on in the world, especially in this country. But I also think that it can easily inhabit too big of a space, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, And one example of that is that um, I used to repost things that I would uh, read and that I found interesting on social media. Yeah. And the reason why I did that was because I wanted to hear what other people had to say about it. Um, and people would respond and it accomplished its purpose, but the conversation would always devolve into, even with friends and people that I respect, this place where people couldn't hear each other anymore. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if the problem is, I don't know if the problem is the, the format of Facebook or if the problem is just the fact that people don't need to talk about politics as much. (laughs) I don't know what it is, Yeah. but I, I want to continue reading and learning about it in as healthy a way as I can. And I have no idea where that line is right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does that mean? in as healthy of a way as you can. Well, I don't, I don't want to not spending all your time on CNN or more like not talking about it or or what is that? I'm not sure what you mean by that. Well, if people are, are talking on social media about an issue and if I'm, if I'm reading the comments and the further I read the comment thread, the madder I get, that's a bad sign. Okay. You just need to like, (laughs) I, that's what that's what I mean by is the problem the format like okay. is is the is the fact that there's a 140 character limit is that is that the problem mm-hmm. um or is it the fact that people including myself are sharing things that they don't know about yeah and it's a bunch of non-experts trying to act like experts okay and i think that might be part of it yeah um we talked about this on another episode where i, I one one thing that I've noticed about myself that I'm trying to correct is talking about things that I that I don't own. Sure. And as interested as I am in politics, I don't think I own it. Mm. And I think I'm learning about myself that there's a lot that I don't have the right to speak about. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would um, agree with you on just thinking about myself as well. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm never in the polit like I don't, I don't ever get the, what, well, I, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it just never crosses my mind to even look at what's going on because, well, for one, it's just an overwhelming amount of yeah, crap. Yeah. Uh, and so like trying to sort through that to find like what is the truth is is overly daunting to me and i'd rather just try and carve out time to spend with my wife yeah uh so like my priority isn't there sure um but but you can't escape from it um we talked we talked very briefly about the um and and i and i don't but i don't think it's a bad thing to have a reaction to something that you learn about Especially if, if there's injustice involved. Yeah, or... Yeah, I mean... Like, I'll just use this example. I watched a, a Netflix episode, or I think it was a movie, on... <clears throat> it was all about Cambridge Analytica, which was which is a, a data-collecting agency that uses collection data points from Facebook... Uh, Twitter, I think, uh, other other places on the internet in order yeah. to psycho-profile individuals. Psycho-profile. Yeah, it's a big word. But basically it just finds out where they're at mentally or yeah. how they feel about certain things in politics, and then they sell that information to um, political parties. Um, they worked uh, with the... Um, the president, like the Republican primaries with... I don't remember the, the, the candidate's name. Um, the one that came in second behind Donald Trump. Um, I can't Cruz? Was it Ted Cruz? No, maybe it was. I don't know. But they worked with him, and then they worked with, actually, they worked with uh, President Trump, and then they, uh, they've they worked at other other places around the world as well, uh, selling that those data points. And it's huge. Like, um, so many people are, like, incensed about this that they didn't realize that their information was being sold to um, different companies or whatever. And uh, so, like, I had a reaction to that. And I'm um, so even though I don't know everything about Cambridge Analytica, I still think it's okay to have an opinion about something. Right. Where it goes wrong is when you start to think that you have, I'm going to say this carefully, like, when you think that you have the right to share that with other people and, and then think that you're right or whatever and not like when you start to become very close minded that I think that's the, that's the, that's a problem. But anyways, it's difficult because there is objective truth, right? And there, there are things that are morally right and morally wrong, but then there are also other factors to, to consider like what is the agenda of the website that you're reading it from mm -hmm. you know how, how many sides of the story have you heard yeah um, and I think I think I'm becoming more and more maybe cynical about yeah. that side of it I mean yeah. I just I don't I don't really trust any one particular source yeah. anymore yeah it was funny I sat down 
to watch this Netflix. I was at my in-laws' house, and they they're so cool. They have internet and stuff, and <laughs> Netflix and all the cool things that Stanton, Tennessee doesn't have. Um, but uh, so, anyways, I sit down and <clears throat> I pull this, and it looked interesting to me. And I and I read the description, and I realized that this was going to be a political piece. Yeah. And I and I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm going to have to really like make sure I'm 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 careful with the way I think about this because I can't I can't just automatically take their opinion on things. Yeah. Um because they have they've got a, their own axe to grind. Yeah. And I've got to be careful that that axe is what I want to grind as well, you know. So like and I could tell in going into that um in that mindset gave me an ability to realize okay I see parts of the story they're not telling. Like they, they didn't really include the information on this and they sort of skipped over this and they're probably, and I, I don't know examples, uh, specific examples, but do you mean the people who made the documentary? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like they, they shared one person's story, but they didn't share the other person's story. And, right. Um, and I was able, and so instead of just soaking in all these opinions that they were filtering to me, either like blatantly or, or subtrusively, uh, yeah. if that's a word. Yeah. Um, either way, like I was able to sort of see that in, in a way. Um, Did they talk about data selling to politicians happening before 2016? Uh, not much. Because that's, that's, uh, that's kind of misleading. Yeah. Because that's actually been happening for quite a while. Yeah, I, so, I mean, it's been... It's been like way, I mean, we're talking like 1700s, like, like not the same kind of data collection, but right. you know, the politicians, they would, when they were going on, they would go to, on train tracks as they get on a train yeah. track, they get on a train and they go to the towns that they felt like they had the most and they would have sent people ahead of them to find out, mm -hmm. you know, are you going to be well received here or are you just going to get a bunch of booze and the, and yeah. the, the town that's going to give you a bunch of booze, they just skipped over that. You know, and they're just going to go to the town that they're going to be well received at. Mm -hmm. So, well, this is a great example of of the reason why I'm becoming more cynical about about where the where my politics is coming from. Because, yes, I totally understand that a huge data breach happened in 2016. But do people really think that it didn't happen in 2012? Sure. Yeah. You know, on the other side of the political aisle. Yeah. It's, I mean. <clears throat> The fact that, I mean, Netflix wouldn't make a special about data collection that happened in 2012 because they come from a certain side of politics. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm becoming less and less patient, I think, with the, with the blind spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this might be, this might be worth uh, uh, clarifying that I've been, I've been seriously pursuing politics as a hobby for a little over a year now um so i've been reading about this stuff no it's more like in, a year and a half i think is it a year and a half yeah okay yeah it was a i think it may have like been a new year's resolution yeah that's right that's right it was a new year's resolution i just wanted to learn more about it so um you know four or five days a week about 20 30 minutes a day um i just read what's in the news mm -hmm. so um, I mean, that's a lot of articles to read over time and I'm just seeing more and more patterns that it seems like a lot of people are just blind to. Hmm. Um, and I don't think 
that my sharing those articles on social media is helping. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw it as a way to to get more opinions and to hear what people on the other side had to say. And like educate it, yourself more yeah, in a it, sense. It came from as noble an intention as I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it always devolved yeah. into something that I never wanted it to be. Um, and I'm sure it was frustrating for the other people who would get in on the conversation too. It was like once I post it, it's outside my control and it turns into something else. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the kind of straw that broke the camel's back for me was a, an article that I was reading about, um, whether or not the detainment camps at the border are, are worthy of being called concentration camps. So right there from the outset, you've got really um, charged language. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's really nowhere that that conversation can go that's healthy. Sure. Just the fact that you're using that language at all Already is, shows is a red which flag. You're taking exactly mm-hmm. right. So if you say no, that means you don't care about the issue. Right. <laughs> that means that you think that everything that's happening at the border is fine. <laughs> which I don't think. You know, right. I think there is injustice that happens. But I also don't think that they're Auschwitz. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a big difference. <laughs> and the escalation of language just keeps making it worse and worse. And it's to the point that, you know, if I comment on the article, and my point is that I, I don't think that that's the best language. Mm-hmm. People can't even hear that anymore. Yeah. Because they care so much about the issue that they're willing to use any words necessary to get their point across. Yeah. And I just, that's just dangerous. Yeah. We got to be able to talk to each other. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people. The majority of America is in the middle between left and right. And there are things that they tend more towards the left on and things they tend more towards the right on. But if you use extreme language like that, like concentration camps, you make it impossible for the majority of America to talk about the issue. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, there's a rant. Yeah. Well, no, that's a good rant. I mean, I, I, I have similar thoughts because, and it, and it does, it all harkens back to personal responsibility because yeah, yeah. Um, you can get so, anybody can get so um, caught up in emotion, like, like the mob mentality thing is humongous. It's crazy. It really I mean, is. It's, uh, it really is. Like I, I just saw a clip of some, I mean, this has happened like last year where some lady was yelling horrible things in the public. I mean, and like, and was proudly screaming these things, mm-hmm. um, holding a sign. I mean, and she like, I don't know. It's, it's, it just it just seems to me like there it's there's no rational thought there Mm-mm. and it's all it's all taken right off the surface of things yeah. and and all and the surface of things is always going to appeal to your emotions and the thing that that gets fired up easily and yeah um, yeah you have to be really mindful of 
the influences that people and things have on you. And that's all, it all goes back to personal responsibility. Like you have to be mindful of those things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, to bring it all back to, like you said, the, the more near the start of the conversation, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, should I even continue reading about this stuff? Yeah. Like, should I, I've decided for now not to share articles on social media anymore just because it seems to be counterproductive to the whole point of why I was doing this in the first place. Um, but beyond that, you know, not, not just output. What about input? You mm-hmm. know, how much, how much do I absorb? Um, who do I trust Yeah, for my information? Um, and it's, it's kind of a sad thing that there are very few people I can trust or very few sources I can trust. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of where we are right now. My hope is that podcasts will help to solve this problem. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of optimistic about that, but it's too early in the game to know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the majority in the middle of the discussion that aren't extreme left or extreme right are doing very well in podcasts right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're at the top of the podcast game. Yeah. And I hope that continues. Well, um, I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah. And also like part, I think part of what's powering this is a lack of problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Go get yourself a real problem kind of thing. Yeah. Like we need to fight concentration camps. So we'll pick a problem and say that that's what it is. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, we don't, when you're fighting the Germans and the Japanese, no one's going to be concerned or like throwing a huge fit about, I don't know, data collection. Yeah. Uh, but because we live in this society where we don't have to worry, I mean, thank goodness that we don't, we're not fighting the Japanese and the Germans and the Russians and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, we've got to make a problem. Um, and so people just look for them. Yeah. Yeah. What I hope to do in as in being a teacher, and this is for all of you that are educators, um, this is me saying this with zero days on the job. So, like, we're talking out of <clears throat> less than ignorance here. But that being said, <clears throat> um, I would love I would something that it would. I think would really um, fulfill me would be to teach my students more than just biology. But maybe if I could teach them a little bit about how to um, I mean there's not, not a better word than just take personal responsibility. That would if enough people did that, if enough teachers did that, then <clears throat> all of a sudden you have a whole nother country on your hands because pretty soon they're going to be the ones making the decisions. Um, yeah. And so if they can make decisions that, are, that aren't just fed by the hottest newsreel at the time, <clears throat> but, are, but, are <clears throat> but the decisions are made, you know, with intentionality and anyways. Yeah. 
that seems like a difficult problem to solve in biology. Yeah. Well, no more difficult than in English comp. That's true. <clears throat> or any of the other. Or math or any of or the math, others. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't really know how I would go about doing that, except tell them you're on a podcast. My story. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look this <laughs> podcast up and listen to it and write a paper about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think. I mean, I think. I th- I hope that if I share my story about my failures and taking responsibility and the consequences of that, yeah, maybe they would. Re- and then and then also sharing my successes may uh, and after taking personal responsibility, maybe that would influence them in some way. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> probably in week two, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm just going to focus on biology because mm-hmm. let's just get through that. And so that's very real possibility as well. Um, but I had, you know, I had coaches and teachers. I can't really think of any teachers off the top of my head, but I had people in the education world that really influenced me. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. I've got an hour and a half with these kids. So if anybody can do it, you can do it. Well, I don't know. So here's here's uh, a question we're thinking about. What what political issues actually matter for you and I day to day? Have you heard that Avet Brothers song? It uh-uh. goes. I think you probably have. It's in the. Um, it's in there really famous song i in love and you anyways okay. uh they one of the i think it's in that in that song but one of the lines is um your life doesn't change by the man that's elected so like seems to be true in a lot of ways in a lot of ways and i'll say that with one caveat is that my dad's life changes as a farmer pretty much every time a new president's elected because of tariffs and taxes? Because of tariffs and taxes. Not so much taxes, but tariffs on imported goods and exported goods and okay. all that jazz. So there's a, there's one. Yeah. That's, that's one. That's a practical political issue that actually matters in our lives. Yeah. That extends beyond Washington, D.C. Sure. There's one. Yeah. Taxes would probably be another one. Yeah. How much of our money goes to the government? Do those ever change? Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, we haven't, you and I haven't lived long enough yeah. for it to, to, <laughs> see, to see the differences. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there, there are, there are people out there who want to raise it pretty high to pay for stuff. Okay. Um, which some of that stuff's important. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, for a long time, my, the government paid my health insurance. Yeah. And they paved all my roads. Pretty sweet. Roads deal. are important. Yeah. Tennessee has some pretty sweet roads, by the way. Those of you that haven't driven in Tennessee, you should take a trip down here. Yeah, you that's... can tell when you pass the state line. <laughs> I'm not yeah. kidding. Yeah, I've driven almost over the whole country, and every time I've come back in Tennessee, it's like home sweet it's home, nice. baby. Yeah, there are definitely some worse states to drive in. <laughs> some of them pretty close to Tennessee. Yeah, and then some of them have better education than us. So this is very true. Yeah, so like that's that's something to think about too, though. <laughs> Yeah, they've been working on the, the uh, that that road that leads up to Jackson, I forty. Mm-hmm. They've been working on it for a while now, and it's annoying, but I'd rather them fix it than not. Yeah, 
So, um, so that's one. That's one issue. Taxes. Um, what else? Uh, you got me there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't. I haven't lived long enough to see anything change. I mean, the first health insurance that I got was through. I think it was with the Trump administration. I I wasn't even on Obamacare. I don't think uh, as an individual. My parents were, but yeah. So I it's hard for me to for me to tell. Um, I mean, education is important, um, but that falls a lot. I think on the state level. Mm. Uh, it depends on like how much money the state can get from the federal government, and then it's also how do they distribute that and. Um, I mean, this is unrelated in a sense, but, um, you know, there's this whole thing of standardized testing, which I think has good pros and it has bad cons. It's got both in very equal measures. I mean, the pros are that you can take this one test at all these, all these schools across the state of Tennessee, take this one test for these courses, um, and then they can compare those these scores with other other districts in the state as well as other states so like i guess that would be a pro um to sort of gauge where you're at uh with your students in relation to others but the but the con is like now the whole the whole school system centers around there mm-hmm. i mean they call them eocs end of course exams and like those are those are administered like almost a month before the end of the semester to give time for grading and that sort of thing, and then after that, like a lot of classes just sort of watch movies, and they've just taken a whole month out of what could be education for these kids to know to learn how to, you know, be more prepared to go into college and that sort of thing. And but because those re- those scores of the last month are not reported then you don't have then there there's no reason to so like there there's the con there mm-hmm. and i mean i'm still getting into this i mean i'm i'm very new but um i definitely see how that like you know you got to decide what is that worth it to you are those cons worth the pros or and whatnot so it's helpful on on an administrative level where you need quick answers to how things are going. Yeah. Like if you're just trying to, you know, do an end of the year review, that sort of stuff makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Makes less sense to me on a teacher student relationship level. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of homeschooling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was homeschooled all the way through and, uh, I think I turned out okay. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Um, but not everybody has the personality for it. Homeschooling inherently requires a certain, it, it, it lends itself to a certain personality type that not everybody has. Um, everybody in my family has been homeschooled and I've got one sibling that I think would have been better served in some sort of school system, whether private or public. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think he, he actually would have flourished better in that environment yeah um but who knows i yeah. mean there's no no telling yeah hindsight is not 2020 yeah 
So, yeah, I mean, I, um, I almost had the mentality for it for homeschooling. For homeschooling, yeah, but my brother certainly didn't, uh, and he like killed the school game when he got to a public school. Hmm. They tried him in private, still wasn't really doing it for him, and then he got to the his his high school and like. He's like determined to make a 30 or above on the ACT, determined to, you know, do well in all his classes and like started to take it really seriously. And um, like before he wasn't doing that at all. So, yeah, some people just love that. I mean, that it just works for them. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody, we had a group of people over the other night <laughs> and nobody's ever done this to me before. But they were like, they were all talking about the wall, the, like the border wall. Uh-huh. And I was not saying anything because I have no comment and I don't know anything about it. I don't know how much it costs. I don't know, you know, yeah. I, none of those things I know. Right. So like, I don't have any place to talk about it. And usually <laughs> people kind of take the message like, dude over in the corner doesn't want to talk about the wall. But these guys are out, out loud go, go, hey, Mecca, what do you think? What do you think about the Great Wall? Or not whatever the Great is. Wall, the the, <laughs> the, uh, the the what do you call it? The border wall. The border wall. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. And I was like, uh, I, I don't have anything to say about it. Like, don't yeah. don't choose me. But yeah, um, that's a that's another good example. It's like who here in Tennessee has actually been where the wall is being built? Yeah, like who here really knows whether we need a wall or not? Yeah, it's. We're we're talking about things that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've just been really convicted about that lately, um, and it's a it's a personal conviction. Like I, I have I have done this too many times. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Everybody should just chill out <laughs> <laughs> and focus on. Like you said, the things that they can change. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I I don't, I, I mean, politics is not something I can change. And I, and I, so I just choose to place my time and energy where I can make a difference. Yeah. Um, so maybe if somebody, everybody took a little bit of dose of that, then that would help. But. For those of us who are, who want to continue playing with the puzzle, you know, cause, cause politics is a puzzle. Maybe one way to do it in a, in a healthier way would be to focus more on local government. Hmm. Um, I don't know my mayor's name. I have no idea what his name is. Jerry Gist. Gist. Is it? Uh, I don't know. You could it, say anything. It was at some point. I don't you know. could say, you could say any name. Um, <laughs> Mufasa. <laughs> that's it yeah yeah i mean who who are our representatives yeah you know if there are issues that we care about who do we write a letter to yeah i don't know yeah maybe maybe that would be healthier than Natural. than fox news telling me what's happening in california that i should be upset about yeah I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, the reason it's not that reason people don't do that is because local government doesn't have as much of a paycheck. You right. Know, and so they don't have enough money to put the word out there. But 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know. it, the puzzle, there should be, if it's a, if it's a good puzzle, it should exist also on a local level. Yeah. If you find out that it's not as interesting, then maybe that exposes the fact that you just like the fight. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And not yeah. the solution. Yeah. Because in local government, it seems like people are generally trying to make solutions. Um, it's they're definitely quieter. They're not as loud. Yeah, it's like they're trying. They're fighting to get more money. You know, in the places that they think matter. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, getting in dangerous territory here. Well, it's I. It would be worth. It would be worth looking into. Like, what are the issues that people care about in West Tennessee? Mm-hmm. And how do they compare to what's happening all over the U.S.? Yeah. That, that is a question worth answering. Mm. And I do not know the answer. Because most of what I absorb is things that happen elsewhere. Yeah. In the realm of uh, chaos that's happening in our nation, or at least what seems to be chaos. Tennessee is pretty quiet. Yeah. Not a whole lot happens here. Reagan and I were talking about this, how we are excited to be plugged into a local community. Because uh. I'll be teaching at uh, Haywood High. And so Haywood High's got a football team, and it's a small town, small enough. Um, and so we, she even made the comment like, I feel like if you're pl- plugged into the high school, the local high school of a small town, then you're plugged into the whole town. Um, you sort of get to know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you just stay secluded and stuff, like, then it's harder to, to know what's going on. Yeah. Well, this is this is helpful for me to think about this, so I appreciate it. I'm learning about myself more that I, I can actually think better if I'm, if I'm putting words to what I'm thinking about, yeah, you know, growing up, I used to just, all my thoughts were just in my head and sometimes I could get somewhere with them, but I, I'm, I'm more of a verbal person than I thought I was. Hmm. And so stuff like this is really helpful for me. Yeah. That's all I got. Catch me in Worn out 20 yet? years maybe. And I'll know a little <laughs> more about politics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Signing out. Signing out.